I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Are you ready? What's going on here? Resistance. Is futile. This indeed you are is Fan Effect. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Fan Effect brought to you by Larry H. Miller Megaplex Theaters, the best entertainment venue in Utah. I'm Andy Farnsworth, and joining me for this episode is our somewhat frequent guest co-host Dan Spindle from <laughs> hey, KSL it TV. More. It could be a lot more, you know. Well, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see how you do. You're on a on a we'll judge your return after each one. You figured no this pressure. is something I might be able to talk a little bit about. Just a little bit. All right. And so what are we talking about? Well, every time we've had Dan on so far, I think it's been one subject and one subject alone. Star Wars, Star Wars. <laughs> the wars. We're talking the wars. Now, of course, uh, the big news in Star Wars recently, well, first of all, 2022 is going to be a huge year for Star Wars. We've already had the Book of Boba Fett, which is what we'll be diving into today. Then we've got Obi-Wan Kenobi coming up mm-hmm. later this time. In fact, it's got a May 25th. May 25th. It's the 45th anniversary of the original Star Wars of 1977. Perfect choice, perfect day. Yeah. I don't know that everybody knows that. I, I bet you the brass at Lucasfilm thought of that, though. Right? Sure they did. It works out that I think it's on years. a Wednesday, which is uh-huh. when all their series are the premiering Wednesday anyway. Release. Yeah. Um, funny story about Ewan McGregor watching the Super Bowl. <laughs> my son, my 20-year-old son, listens to Ewan McGregor in the commercial, and he's sure. like, he has a Scottish accent? <laughs> I said, uh, yeah, <laughs> McGregor. He's like, starts laughing. I never put that together. He sounds very Scottish in that. Yeah, he controls it. I guess Obi-Wan's more British, obviously, to kind of Because he's trying to uh, ape Alleginis. Sure. (laughs) Well, anyway, that was pretty funny. So we got, and then we have Cassian Andor's series coming at an undetermined date later this year. But then, supposedly, we get Mandalorian season three. Come December, I, I, I think. Th- yeah, I think that's... And The Acolyte, is that coming sometime this year? Or no, is that I, not? I don't think I've heard about that one. That's another thing. Well, Andor, Andor is, I think, coming this year, too. Andor is the Andor Rogue for One sure era. Is. Yeah. For sure is. So uh, we've got a few. I mean, think about that, how Star Wars used to be a movie. Well, once they started, Disney started cranking them out. It was one every year. Yes. And you'd get a, an episode and then a side story. And, and now we're getting, you know three or four shows a year it's it's a new golden age to be a star wars fan it's awesome and it's we we have to address that fact this is why i wanted to mention it first because we're getting so much content yes i feel like this is going to color our discussion as we discuss the book of boba fett yeah not just for us because i think you and i and uh, you know and a lot of people have similar thoughts or, or they may feel a kind of a division um just like all star wars fandom nothing is like sort of united anymore sure. that's okay that's okay we all have different <laughs> tastes but it's the fact of the matter is the more content you get 
it will sort itself out by quality. It just will. Sure. Or it'll sort itself out by what you like best. Yeah. I think that the Book of Boba Fett was a perfect guinea pig for this. So let's uh, let's play a clip of sound here just from part of the Book of Boba Fett, get the goosebumps tingling again, and, uh, you know, remembering as uh, we've been through. I thought there were going to be eight episodes. Turned out there were seven. It's an odd number, but, yeah, we got it. All right. I am not a bounty hunter. I've heard otherwise. If he had spoken such insolence to Jabba, he'd have fed you to his menagerie. Please, speak freely. Okay, so Book of Boba Fett, we're not going to, like, break down every little detail, but let's do this. Now that we've seen all seven episodes, Dan, what was your overall thoughts? Now, we talked, you know, just you and I talked together over desks and stuff all through the series. You know, we kind of had different peaks and valleys as we were going along. But now that we've seen the whole chapter, it's fun to speculate and go back and forth, but as I've learned doing a podcast over these years... Doing a lot of talk before you have the whole story. Sure. It's yes. hard to do because you're just going off, how did Let I feel? It play out. At, you know, how did you feel yeah. when you saw Return of the Jedi at the 20 minute mark of the movie? <laughs> well, that's not how well, you're going to feel at the end of the movie necessarily. So we've got seven episodes. Tell me what your overall thoughts were. Maybe even kind of guide us through your, your well, emotional arc watching. It. That's the thing. I kind of preface the way that I feel by saying, first of all, I don't accept the narrative that if you nitpick something, it means you don't like it. Because sometimes I'll get into discussions. We talk a lot. I'll talk a lot with friends or family, and they say, boy, you really hate this. No, no, I'm talking about it critically. Look, I'm a sports fan. All of my sports teams are in Arizona, so I have nothing but misery to talk about all the time, (laughs) and yet I love these teams to my core, right? I bleed, you know, orange and purple for the Suns and the Cardinals and the Sedona Red of the Diamondbacks, all of that. However, Star Wars, it's kind of the same thing. I enjoy it so much in the macro sense. All Star Wars is enjoyable, and I love kind of dipping my toe into the universe or diving right in. I love all of it. Okay, now having said that, that is my my premise for how I kind of view things, the lens through which I view things. The Book of Boba Fett, you just talked about how our kind of roller coaster, as we talk about it episode to episode or chapter to chapter... That's, I still kind of feel like that. Book of Boba Fett left me feeling like I'm on, on the waves of the sea, rocking back and forth, because as a whole, as a story, seven episodes that are supposed to feel like, I think, one cohesive story, I don't think it felt like one complete story. It felt like um, the Tuscan part at the beginning, where you see the backstory and he climbs out of the Sarlacc. Incredible. Fun stuff. Interesting stuff. Okay, so Boba's going to take us on a trip and a journey through his emotional arc. And I never thought that was closed. That loop didn't really come back around. I would have liked to see maybe the Tuscans in the last episodes or something. Did he unite the tribes of Tatooine to fight for their own planet in that sense? So it introduced a lot of things that I felt kind of were just left hanging out there a bit. 
while at the same time maybe introducing some of the greatest visuals we've ever seen in the history of Star Wars. So That's it, true. For a TV series. Uh, again, for a TV series. So, okay, let's talk about that too. A TV series. The Mandalorian came out, and it's the first TV that we saw of Star Wars. And I feel like The Mandalorian maybe Wait, felt... Wait, you're, you're, you're skipping over Droids, the cartoon from okay, the 80s? Or Ewoks. Or Wasn't Ewoks, there an Ewoks the cartoon? cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> Barring the animated television series oh, of also excellence of, of the, the Clone that's Wars true. and we Rebels did have and all. Yeah, so that's all those. true, that's true. Um, let's look at this. Live action. First live this action. is our first live action. Uh, the Mandalorian was quite cinematic, even though it had a serial feel, a weekly serial feel. Uh, you really did have... A, a beginning, middle, and end to these seasons of this arc and how Din Djarin, this character, developed. Boba Fett, maybe there was just too much baggage with somebody like Boba Fett. We didn't know a lot about him. We knew a lot about his childhood, right, from the prequels. And so a lot of folks, I think, felt uh, lacking. I, for one, went into it with an open mind. Let's just enjoy this. Let's see how this story goes. And I felt like some of the sampling, if you if you want to call it like a, a like a meal, like a big meal of the appetizers, the main course and the dessert, it just felt like maybe they gave me the dessert with the appetizers and then a little bit of the main course and then started over again. And I went, okay, I don't know what I'm supposed to be feeling right now, and I don't know what I feel. I, I enjoyed it. It was fun. It was visually stimulating. The Luke Skywalker scenes were spectacular. Um, but at the end of it, I don't know that I look at Boba Fett as a character and go, wow, I see his full development and I'm satisfied by it. But, you know, I feel bad saying that, but I look at, at Boba Fett, the series and go, okay, cool. What's next? And that's fire. That's fair. But that's, we're going to be like that with every single Star Wars thing we see. And that's just because we want to see more and we just, you know, it's fun to explore that world. Now, I feel similar in a lot of ways. Uh, let me preface, uh, especially if those who are listening now are huge Boba Fett fans or were huge Boba Fett fans, right, whatever. Yeah. I was never a huge Boba Fett fan. I've always been Luke Skywalker, uh, Princess Leia. You know, Han Solo's like third in those three to me. Luke's always been number one and, a, and like number one. The ultimate hero. Completely I, I, I agree to. A that, lot of people me. are afraid to I'm not to a big Darth Luke Vader guy. Yeah. Like I like Darth Vader fine. I, I like all, Anakin. But, but, but Luke Skywalker's been yep. my favorite by far. So when we get to the book of Boba Fett or when Boba Fett showed up in The Mandalorian season two, I thought, okay, cool. Especially when you see Cobb Vanth wearing the armor. Now, actually. Intriguing. Yeah, I very interesting. Before you, Cobb Vanth took off the helmet. He actually looked physically more like Boba Fett looked in Return of the Jedi, the skinnier sure, yeah. sort of thing. You were pretty sure it wasn't Boba Fett just because right. something seemed off. And then, of course, you find out that it's uh, Timothy Oliphant and, and Cobb yeah. Vanth. And, and then Boba does show up. And, you know, in season one, you supposedly saw his foot, which when Fennec Shand dies. So people were getting excited for that. I was just like... Eh, okay. I mean, yeah. I knew he'd survived in the canon, in the Legends canon, and he was in Dark Empire, and he was in, you know, the Tales from the right. Bounty Hunters or whatever. I actually didn't read those, so that's one I don't have background on. But I just was like, Boba Fett, okay. I, I never got as drawn into him as some did. I always thought he looked cool. I mean, even no some doubt. of the first figures I bought in the mid-'90s when they had the second wave of sure. Kenner figures come out, the Boba Fett. Looked amazing. In fact, he looked better than he ever did in the original line back in the 80s because yeah. they were able to get colors right and, you know, really do it proper so he doesn't <laughs> have his fingers sticking out anyway. So as I watched the book of Boba Fett, I wasn't like, oh, I can't wait to see what happens with him. Right. 
So that's fair. If, if you think that colors my, if you, the listener, think that that colors my judgment so you don't want to take me seriously, that's fine. But as I watched Boba Fett, the series, I was cool with the flashbacks. I was cool with him doing stuff with the Tuscans. The biggest thing that took me out of it initially was how big he was. And I realized the realities of Tamira Morrison's body in 2021 right. yep. versus what Jeremy Bullock looked sure. like in 1982. Yeah. So and he's I, supposed I, to be Boba age, like 42, but he's really like 62. And yeah, it's, it's yeah. It, it, so the reality of reality, if we've now established Tamira Morrison is the physical template of sure. Django and Boba Fett. So it's going to have to be him. And if they Got hadn't it. done him, it really would have felt wrong at this right. point. But nevertheless, that was the thing that first took me out was when he climbs out of the star like he was too fat <laughs> or, or big. Maybe sure. big's the better hey, way. He looked too the big. Maybe acid from the Sarlacc pit, it bloats you. It we bloats don't know you. the physiological. <laughs> Everything after that, like maybe you could say in the back to tank, he got sure, yes. he got bigger. Well, and I would have, I, I, I can even accept that <laughs> if that's the explanation you, yes. now. <laughs> but it was, it took me out of it in that moment when he climbs out and he was just too big. Like when they, you sure. know, we had to have an explanation for how Cobb Vanth ended up with the armor. They didn't say that in The Mandalorian. Right. And we had to figure out how, if Boba Fett was alive, how they get it off of him. And if it, they pulled it out of the Sarlacc, if they pulled the armor out of the Sarlacc, where was the body? You know, that kind of a thing. So all of that made sense. Then after that, I was okay. I was okay with, okay, the Tuscan stuff. I, I read a lot of online back and forth about whether that was necessary, whether that was boring. I will say this, and we talked about it as we were going along. It didn't feel like it was going anywhere for two or three episodes. Sure. That was what surprised me is knowing we only had, I thought, eight, and it turned out seven. Right. I felt like, wow, we took a while to not have a lot happen. Right. And not go anywhere. I mean, you're rooted to Tatooine. I think the Tatooine scenes worked in The Mandalorian because it was in and out and you're you're off on different worlds. I mean, how many different planets did we see in that show? And so it kind of felt I think there were rumors that, well, they don't have as much of a budget for this as Mandalorian. And then it showed you started thinking about it and you thought, okay, we're still in Tatooine. We're still going into Mos Espa. And we're still there, and here's another episode, and we're still there. And you go, oh, okay. Now, I liked the the Western feel. It was once again kind of doubling down on the spaghetti Western. On the, I mean, I love Westerns. I, I love uh, that era of not just John Wayne, but into the 80s Silverado, you know, those great Westerns of the face-off and the just the who is this person? I, it's so mysterious, and what are their motivations? And it's such a an archetype of American cinema, and it felt like they were working that in. But to what end? I wasn't quite sure at the end of Book of Boba Fett. It was a little bit too bad in a way. I've I've uh, recently recorded a lot of Clint Eastwood westerns from the seventies. Yeah, and that's initially, if you go back and read through some of the uh, late seventies, early eighties, George Lucas behind the scenes stuff. He originally kind of based Boba Fett on Eastwood's character, the man with no name. Right. Yeah. I would argue that uh, Cad Bane is a much more faithful representation well, sure. of the man with no name. Right. Straight down to the, the kind of hat that he oh, wears, yeah. that that circular one with the, yes. the, the sort of looks like a, a flan or a custard, well, and that I, shape. I don't know what that shape is. I but. think Dave Filoni has said as much, too. Dave Filoni, of course, who does, you know, the, the showrunner for Star Wars Rebels and and really kind of he and John Favreau, the the authors of all things Star Wars now, which I, I, I'm careful to, to say anything uh, against them because, boy, they, they do have a great really job. done a resurrection of the, the great feels, all the feels of the 80s, 70s and 80s that we felt. And so I enjoyed that. I, I loved his his face off with, with Cobb Vanth out at Freetown or whatever they call it now. Um, and that was great. But again, I thought Cad Bane 
how cool he looked, great, his ultimate fate and his involvement. I mean, he goes back and has a meeting with the Pikes, and there's like five guys there. Again, I when they showed sprawling shots of Mas Espa that looks like a, a, a suburban one million person thriving yeah. megaplex, right? Well, of this if you remember Mas Espa in The Phantom Menace. There's just people there's everywhere. There's lots of people everywhere. There's a lot of things happening. And then, and then I go, well, why would Boba and Fennec think that with seven people, two poor Gamorreans that get chucked off the, the cliff... How were they going to establish themselves as the the criminal empire that they wanted to? I just I I, I know they figured that they would get some help by the Trandoshans and and then what other dog people are. <laughs> yeah, were they dogs or <laughs> we kind of, I couldn't figure out what they were. Kind of laying off and, and and allowing them to do their thing. But I I'm going wait where's where is his power? And they'd go back to Jabba's palace, which was great too. But it seemed like it was sparsely populated over and over and over again. Tatooine is sparsely populated. I, mean, Tatooine. I shall find them quickly. Look, I, so, look, so many great things. There were great Bantha shots in this. There were, uh, they had a train robbery. It was so Western. It was, it was fantastic and, train, and, and train so robbery. enjoyable. That was so much the earlier that robbery, I almost yeah. forgot about. That's right. Uh, it was right. a great episode. And, and the pikes, it was interesting. You had chases across the desert where oh, the speeder yeah. bikes stood in for yeah. horses if you wanted to look at it that way. I, and, but I felt like some of, the, some of the writing was a little clunky with they kept having to say this Nikto biker speeder. I'm like, have them sound a little bit more familiar with their own language and familiar with their own way of talking. That's what I thought George Lucas always did so well. He would drop these lines and he didn't have to explain it so much to the audience. He just said Well, that's it. why Harrison Ford and Mark Hamill both said you during can, Star Wars, like... You can write this stuff, but you can't say it. Right. And Luke, <laughs> in fact, that was... If you've, if you've ever watched the interviews with Mark Hamill, he talks about how he just decided, look, I don't know what any of this stuff yeah. means, but I'm going to sell it, it and I'm going to say it so what, enthusiastically. What, oh, there's a great funny cut scene where uh, uh, Mark Hamill and Harrison Ford are talking about the Navi computer. Oh, we got to put in the accordance into the Navi computer. And they both crack up as they look at each other. Look, the, the point is... George Lucas created such a rich universe and a galaxy for us to play in that we can accept that. I, I as a as a longtime Star Wars fan, I thought, look, I understand a lot of the lingo and a lot of it. I don't care if I understand it because that's the premise. Right. Great. Cool. You just mentioned, look, C-3PO, one of the first lines of the entire saga was talking about the spice mines of Kessel. Nobody knew what that was. Oh, and they fleshed and they it never out over explained the decades. it after, really. Right. They didn't. But. I figure if you're a casual fan, or if you're like my wife, for example, who watches with us to be nice, she doesn't really care for Star Wars, but she, she'll enjoy it. She's not going to get it either if you explain it. So don't <laughs> don't bother with so much yeah. exposition of. I thought that Fennec Shand a lot of a lot of the times during the series was saying, but that's why Bobo, we have to do this because if we don't go to this part of Mos Espa and these, I'm like. That, that might be for the kids watching over and over. That might be for the kids watching. Yeah, I get it. Uh, but again, and I, I hope everyone out there who's listening understands that I'm not trying to be overly critical because I enjoy everything about Star Wars. I loved the, the visual effects. One other thing that I think Star Wars must do is push the bounds of visual effects as they always have done from the beginning. The, the beginning was obviously the models did not look like models. They looked incredible. The prequels did this enveloped yeah. CGI. Now they've got this volume that they shoot in and the Luke Skywalker deep fake face things. Oh, my gosh. So, yes. the fact and that they improved still, that in less than a year. That's right. From the final episode of Mandalorian. So Star Wars pushing the bounds of, of what visually you can do for a television show. I'm all for it. And I thought it was it was great and enjoyable in that sense. All the little nitpicks I have. You know, whatever. They'll, they'll work it out. And there's a new thing coming down the pike in a month or two. I hope they do that, too. I hope they keep the consistent two- to three-month release time. 
tell the stories as much as you can. I'm not one of those who says this will be oversaturated with Star Wars. Just keep it going. Tell the stories in the universe and we'll enjoy it. Well, I don't think... I mean, I'm sure there is a limit of oversaturation and probably different people hit it at different times. But we've had 12 years and actually almost 14 years and 40 movies, 30 movies from Marvel. Oh, right, right. And series being added and, you know, it's making it hard. The more Star Wars we have, the barrier for entry will be a little bit higher, unfortunately, um, for grownups more so than kids because kids can always go back and enjoy at whatever pace. In fact, if anything, I worry sometimes I'm too much of a gatekeeper for my kids. Like, no, you got to watch it this order, this sure, order. Yeah. Instead of just like, here, just experience it all and put it together however you want. Well, and if your kids my have kids played, have been playing Battlefront 2. I dug out the PlayStation 2 and they are loving Battlefront 2. And then my other son got out episode 3 Revenge of the Sith for PlayStation 2, except for oh, my 8-year-old yeah. hasn't seen Revenge of the Sith yet. Well, there you go. I know what a terrible Star Wars dad I am. I have an 8-year-old <laughs> boy who hasn't seen it. But he, he was like, it. hey, what's happening here, Caleb? What's happening here? Well, and Caleb's like, I'm not telling you. you got to watch the movie. And my kids always link me in on, I, I, I'm not good at PlayStation at all. So my kids have the PS4 or 5 or whatever, and they play these games, and they play the Star Wars games. And so they've got Squadrons, which was Ooh, the new I just started uh, playing vehicle that one. game, it's you fun. know. And they've, but they've got Fallen Order, too. And they would always show me the cutscenes on Fallen Order because they knew I would appreciate the story more than the gameplay because I'm terrible at it. Okay. Boy, the cutscenes on Fallen Order make you think... And, and they worked in one of those BD1 or whatever he is, the little guy that kind of jumps up on your shoulder. They put him in this series in, in Boba Fett, and my kids immediately connected to it. And they want to see Cal Kestis in live action, mm, yeah. and they want to see all these other characters. So... If you're going to uh, avoid oversaturation, simply find a different kind of almost like the Marvel timeline where the offshoots of the, yes. the sacred timeline. Find a little offshoot. Tell a story within a little pocket universe, right? Not not something that's an alternate universe, but it's a big universe, right? You can tell stories. I enjoyed Solo. A lot of people didn't. It was tied to a legacy character. You don't have to tie him to legacy characters. The Mandalorian had almost no legacy characters in it at all. And yet we, we followed... It because it was good writing. It was an emotionally connective story with with a relationship between Din Djarin and and Grogu, this little creature, and and you really you bought into it. It was the biggest phenomenon in Star Wars in in decades, right? Right. You can tell stories that are good, well written pieces of you know fun. And not just like it almost seems like fan fiction. Some of these things where fans for years have wanted to see this or that. The technology allows us to now just go ahead and tell it in a six, seven, eight episode run and, and, and we'll enjoy it. And then we'll nitpick it apart and, you know, <laughs> we'll just uh, exactly. destroy it. But uh, Book of Boba Fett was it was fun. It wasn't it wasn't on the level of the Mandalorian, but it was fun. Why not? I mean, it, it, it was good for me. I as I watched it, I said, OK, I'm enjoying this. I'm not loving it. In a way that I've loved some other things. Yeah. But at no point did I think, this sucks. I don't want to watch it anymore. At no point yeah, like it wasn't did I even while. get to where it was like, eh, maybe I'll watch it. I was excited to watch every new episode every week. I was yeah. curious to see where they went with the story. Yes, I, at times I felt like I didn't know where they were going and it didn't feel like they were trying to go anywhere specific, which to me was more of a curiosity of, like, I know I, I know the, the the talent and the and the ability of... Of Favreau and Filoni, because I've seen it right, over multiple yeah. series. It's not like they woke up one day and forgot how to write Star Wars stuff right. or how to connect stuff, because they've hit all the emotional high points. They've hit exactly right. Whether or not you get emotional high points as often as you might like them, when you do, they're good at that setting it up and delivering. Like when 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 Luke Skywalker shows up at the end of Mandalorian season two, it brought people to tears. Yeah, 
because it was something they were looking forward to, and they hit the emotional points yeah. right. Well, for, I would say for the sake of uh, creativity, where they they try to bring in a different, um, not different writers. John Favreau, for the most part, by and large, he is the writer. Um, but they've got different directors, and so you are getting a little bit different feel, different pace, different tone based on the creatives and their sensibilities. Um, so I think that makes it maybe one chapter to the next stand out. One is better, one is worse that's in fair. that sense. Because Robert Rodriguez directed he one, directed Bryce a couple Dallas of Howard them. directed one. Well, and that's the, I would say that Bryce Dallas Howard, her episode this. Uh, a year and in the Mandalorian both really shined and people kind of looked at her and went ooh she's a quality director Dave Filoni he did the last episode right Dave Fil- well, Robert Rodriguez did the last one oh, okay. Dave Filoni did the one with Ahsoka and Luke because that's okay. his bread and butter that's, that's his character he created Ahsoka and so if you look at his direction in that episode just go back and watch it for the technical know-how Dave Filoni for not being a live action director longer than a few episodes of Star Wars because he did obviously animation for years right. boy he's got a bright future because I'm watching it, you know, I went to film school and I'm watching, I'm showing my children kind of these, this shallow depth of field and really utilizing the lenses in the way that he was using them. Boy, it's a beautifully directed episode. And not too many star wipes? No, star no, wipes. no star, star wipes or page peels. <laughs> <laughs> but he, but he still stayed, I mean, you know, Star Wars has wipes, but you're watching it going, wow, I, I visually, what am I seeing? And if it stands out, I would say the ones that stand out worse, they stick in your mind more than the ones that are very well directed. You need to go back and watch them and give them credit where credit is due. Um, We have Deborah Chow who's doing uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi and I think she is the one who directed the entire thing. So oh, okay, the one that's coming okay. up in May, I believe. Now, don't... I, I, There's I, only five episodes of that one, right? It's, it's going to be, see, it's gonna be a smaller number, my understanding I is. I hope they're an hour apiece, though. You know, I hope that we get a full, fleshed out, and I hope they get off Tatooine quickly. <laughs> mm. I know Obi-Wan lived on Tatooine up to A New Hope, but I'm hoping, uh, you know, as... He's uh, like, Luke will be fine. I, I mean, can just look, take a quick jaunt over your, here. Well, look, here's my opinion. Now, you didn't ask for it, but here's, <laughs> here's my opinion on... on uh, uh, this uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi series. And you go, well, what are we looking at? 10 years after Revenge of the Sith, 10 years before A New Hope. What are we looking into? Well, uh, Darth Vader says to Luke Skywalker in Return of the Jedi. Obi-Wan once thought as he you He says, did. Obi-Wan once thought as you did. Well, when did, and I went back and I said, wait a second. In Revenge of the Sith, Obi-Wan just found out that Anakin turned to the dark side because he did so hours before. So he didn't think Oh, I've got to save him. He went to Mustafar to confront him and then decided, I got to take this guy down, which he no, did. He, he was he trying to dead. save him up until the very moment that he said. You're leaving him in the lava. No, no. He was, God, trying, he was trying to save him up until the moment he says, if you're not with me, you're against me. Oh, and well, suddenly, I'm against only you. a Sith deals in absolute. <laughs> right. So therefore, right. you must be a Sith. <laughs> well, I just, I, I figure that didn't give him time to really reflect on that and think, well, we once thought that I could be saved and redeemed. And by the time that he confronted him at the end, he twisted and evil, he's more man, machine than man. So there is a time and there a sweet spot where I believe we're going to see Obi-Wan go and try and seek out his friend Anakin, who is now Darth Vader, and try to get to him. As we know, Luke was successful in doing and in, in tugging on those bionic heartstrings or whatever was, was pumping his heart, that Obi-Wan will, will then go back. I mean, I think that's an easy observation they, they, they to make. can't... But it, this is where continuity is going to kind of play an issue, I think, because yeah. there's two things. First of all, that line is actually a follow-up to something that Obi-Wan had said on ta- on Dagobah after okay. Yoda died. In the novelization, Obi-Wan gives a fuller account, at least in the novelization of Return of the Jedi. He gives a more full account of how when he left, he didn't know your mother was pregnant. That was a line that was cut from the movie, but that was in the book. And then he uh... said, and at some point, I went back 
to find him, and we fought, and he fell into lava. Ah. That's then. Then the next line was that he's more machine now than man became because in the novelization he had said, "Interesting, we fought, and your father fell into a lava pit, and at, when he well, crawled out, it wasn't Anakin anymore." Aha. Uh-huh. So. But that again, that's not technically canon because say, only canon, canon, has canon to be is screen, what's in the, right? in the screen. Uh, yes. Even deleted scenes are not canon. Like when uh, Anakin speaks droid in the elevator in Revenge of the Sith to, to Obi Wan, and you go, "Wait, he's making electronic sounds. What's happening, George Lucas? Why did you Why did you allow this?" <laughs> You're to, like suddenly to be I shot. understand why it's cut. <laughs> well, I look. I'm looking forward to it, but 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 you you put those two things together, and now the and so this is where the continuity problem comes in. Now you have this line, Obi-Wan once thought as you do, and you've drawn the exact conclusion that you should right. from what's canon. He said he once thought as he did. Right. Obi-Wan didn't seem to think that much in what we saw, so maybe there's another chapter in the middle. But then you got to get to A New Hope, and he's got to say, you know, when I left you, I was but the learner. Now right. I'm the master. There's no mention of, hey, last time I saw you after well, we fought on Mustafar. He does say the words, you shouldn't have come back. And so when he says you shouldn't have come back, I've heard people suggest that when he says to Han Solo, when Anakin, or I'm sorry, when uh, Alec Guinness, uh, you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi says to Han Solo, that's no moon. That's a space station. And you see the look on his face. Maybe that's the realization of, oh, wait, I thought there was no way they would, like, Obi-Wan knew that they were going to get were this probably built. trying to build a super weapon. And he goes, I cannot, in his mind, that look is, I can't believe they've done it. I know exactly where we're going. That's a space station. Oh, turn the no. ship around. Oh, yeah. no. That's a good idea. So he, he had more knowledge. He wasn't just, uh, it okay, wasn't like clairvoyance of, oh, I bet you that's a. No, he knew. And when Darth Vader says Although, to him, in the Star Wars role playing game. Oh, oh, here we go. It was actually, they used that as a, as a, you know, like a force intuition, like you roll the dice. Right. And then that's where Obi Wan is able to deduce that that's yes. a space station. Which is, again, fair enough. This also. is, again, legend I just kind feel of like, stuff. You but. know, Darth Vader, First thing he says to him is, you shouldn't have come back. Does he mean you shouldn't have come back to see me or you shouldn't have come back to this battle station that was under construction? But I can't imagine they would have. I'm sure they were searching him out to find Obi-Wan to kill him throughout the timeline. Because if Obi-Wan had that much knowledge, you, you know, we've seen Rogue One where Darth Vader and Tarkin are very clear. Let's not get this. Let's not get this on the radar of the Senate. They really still are controlling the galaxy as of right now. Let's just make sure that, you know, this thing stays under wraps. They uh, Up until the time of A New Hope, they were like, ah, there is no Death Star, there is no Death Star, and then, okay, let's blow up Alderaan. Actually, there is one. Oh, do you mean the Death Star? Yes. The original. We do have, no, that's what the people, oh, the, yeah, yeah. the Empire's oh, like, we don't have the, a Death Star, oh, we don't have a Death Star. Oh, that What's big that? giant space oh, station that blows up planets. Death oh, Death Star, right, yeah. Oh, no, we have one of those. I didn't know you meant that. <laughs> anyway, back to Boba Fett. Yeah. Um, for me, then, Boba Fett was an enjoyable thing. Um I, I will admit I liked it better when the Mandalorian showed up. No doubt. It didn't oh, make me. For sure. It doesn't make me. Again, didn't hate the first part, but my like went up on a graph yeah. scale fairly vertically when Din Jaren showed up. And so, as again, as I thought, seven episodes and two of them are essentially Mandalorian episodes. Right, yeah. They were, exactly. When it says the Book of Boba Fett. Then it's perhaps the book of Boba Fett within the story of the Mandalorian. Fair enough. I don't like, know. Like, like within the Bible, you get different uh, different narratives and at different times, and and all kind of culminating in one big story, if you will. Right. 
Um, and that's that's how I'll look at the book of Boba Fett. And I'll go back and watch some some episodes and things. Not all of them. I, I I've made no. Uh, I'm not shy about saying I did not like the mods and their shiny clothing and shiny scooters. You know, that seems to be the only thing that all Star Wars place. fans agree with. Well, it, it was they out of place. That's all odd. Yeah, too bright and shiny for yeah, a, it was not a planet like that. Those binary suns would would take away and zap that color. Look, you leave your car out in the sun here, and you know it'll zap them. The funniest look. tease I heard about that from anybody was the people who compared them to the Power Rangers. They, you know, yeah, they and that like made that. me laugh. They, they did. Um, and I'm not saying, look, again, I don't want to be overly critical. I just didn't like them. Didn't work for me at all. I didn't buy it. Um, Although the, Cobb Vanth is going to be a mod, it looks I like. I suppose, but I don't care. I mean, <laughs> and I like Timothy, Timothy Oliphant, and I like uh, Cobb Vanth, and I, I like the whole storyline, but I, I'm good. I'm so, good. So this brings me to my main thought. And it's hard for me to admit this as much as I love the legacy characters, because I do. I mean, and I'm one of the few, as I've talked about before, who's okay with Luke in, in The Last Jedi. I also really liked him in Mandalorian and in sure, Book of yeah. Boba Fett. I mean, of course, who, who wouldn't like my favorite version of him? But the, the Mandalorian has proven, the, the series The Mandalorian has proven that the future of Star Wars, if, if you're going to reunite the fans... It's going to have to be in new characters. Yeah. It just has to be. We have too many feelings. We have too many years of investment in the in the legacy characters. No matter what choice you make with them, it's going to sit less – it's going to be divisive. It just is. It just is. Yeah. And that's why as I watched Boba Fett, I was like, I actually prefer the mystique of Boba Fett yep. more than the actual stories of Boba Fett. Boba Fett was a badass. Boba Fett killed all these people. Right, and we don't get But we don't ever see it. So we can just assume it is. And that's actually part of Star Wars. Star Wars is legacy. It's myth. It's it's legend. It's space opera. It's not science fiction as much as it is space opera. And the main difference is they're not really trying to root it in reality the way science fiction is to try to teach you a specific lesson. So with space opera over legends, that's, again, this as a Last Jedi defender— that was what I thought was the – once I f- sort of saw it, the way that, that that Ryan Johnson used Luke as the legend and Ray was all – and this is my opinion. Ray was all of us, especially you and I and all the fans of our certain age who had waited for so many years to see Luke again. And we wanted Luke to run out with his laser sword and right. r- yeah. stare down the whole first door. That's what we wanted. I didn't – realize it so much because you know the, as i'm following the story i'm just following as it it's as it's happening but that's really what i wanted and so when he didn't both ray and i were pretty ticked off yeah and and so it, when he did what he did again this is the choice of having to use the legacy character making a decision okay my decision is luke's not going to join the fight physically he's going to do it this way we're going to invent a new force power and we're going to and then he's going to die I didn't like him dying. I didn't. <laughs> I'd like to think Luke could live forever and die off screen with 47 grandchildren. And, right. <laughs> but it, that's what happened. Okay. So then there's the divisiveness. But if we had just told a story, I don't know, 50 years in the future where they're all gone already and then they might be related to Luke or they might not. It really doesn't matter. But we're getting these new characters. How much we all loved the Mandalorian and the story of Din Djarin, was highlighted when he showed up in the book of Boba Fett, and I immediately was more interested right. 
personally in where that story was going and how it all fit in. I was okay with Boba Fett doing his thing. And Boba Fett was pretty awesome in the last chapter of of Mandalorian when he shows up in the in the fire spray gunship. The fire spray gunship, yes. The slave one fire spray gunship that is the, 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 that doesn't have an official the name. The ship formerly known as, yeah. But that that just showed me and I as I said I hate to admit it because I love the legacy characters. Yeah. I just, and of course, you know, Carrie Fisher's already passed away right. and Jeremy Bullock has passed away. So that, I mean, it's only going to happen more frequently. Yeah. But I just, I, I'm I'm okay. And if and if Favreau and Filoni want to tell new stories, Filoni's shown pretty darn talent in that. Well, and Favreau I mean, I like Cobb Vance. Who's of, heard of Cobb right, Vance before yeah. now? I like him. Well, and that's, and I'll I'll, I'll kind of leave it at this too, without stepping into the minefield that is the Last Jedi. Um, <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> I was me, just saying. No, and that's I totally what's helped get it. me to understand totally about get it about legacy versus new. I will simply say, for my money, what I would like to see in my Star Wars is quality storytelling that is consistent as far as, uh, I'm not saying quality as far as a subjective, oh, I really liked this or I didn't like that. I'm saying a storytelling that is well thought out, that takes into account you've got a lot of fans who are of different ages and you don't have to dumb it down for young fans to Star Wars. has always been about mystery, magic, excitement, far, far away. It is... It's fascinating and fun. It pushes the boundaries of technology. You can tell a lot of stories within that realm, and you don't have to overthink it. It, it, It's a simple thing to tell a great Star Wars story. We know this because we've gotten... It, it was very little. It was kind of like a hurry up and wait. We got very little Star Wars at the beginning, just one trilogy that, that held us over for a few decades. We got a little more right. that, that was a bit divisive. The prequels were divisive that now have aged well. They have aged right. so much better. But again, and that's why I think that's what will help with some of the other stuff that's current. Right. It's fresh now. We hate everything now, and we love yeah. it later. Look, people hated C-3PO and Empire Strikes Back. Oh, they did. So, he was the so whiniest beloved. thing yeah. ever. Well, so that's what I say, and I'm with you. Din Djarin as the Mandalorian is so great as a new character because some of these new but characters... But it helps. We have no expectations. No, no, no. That's no that's no baggage. Key. That's No the baggage key. tied to the legacy. However... We can't complain, oh, Din Djarin wouldn't do that because no. we don't know what he would do. But he is firmly rooted in, an, in, a, in, in a galaxy that we recognize. That's the yes. thing. When he shows up on these planets, he shows up on different planets and the same planets, but the technology is there, the remnant of the Empire is there, and that's why it's interesting. Well, Rogue do One a, is the same story. Oh, yeah. By only exactly. having Vader show up a couple exactly. of Exactly. That helped. It helped. As much as we wanted to see him the whole movie, oh, I, but I just th- I seeing think him it twice was enough. I went back and watched. I'll leave it at this because, uh, you know, I got to do the news. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll leave it at this. I watched Rogue One recently, and it is the most perfect Star Wars storytelling that I could imagine. Look, I'm not going to say, oh, it's better than the original trilogy or prequels because I love those. But I might say that. Um, his I mean, uh, my Twitter handle is at Dance. No, I'm just Oh, kidding. my gosh. Look, <laughs> Rogue One, Star Wars fans know. You watch it and you go. Can it get better than this? I mean, it's so incredible. The humor is there with K2SO. The great characters are there, even though you know they're all going to die. <laughs> well, we or didn't figure, when we first watched it. We weren't sure. We thought maybe somebody could survive. probably can't get out of this, right? But the richness, the, the, the effectiveness of the storytelling, the connection between a father and daughter, that's what it's always been about. It's family. If you bring family in, Din Djarin and Grogu, 
Yep. It's a father-son the relationship. Family. family. It's all about family. Who are the Mandalorians? Are they family? Are they Pelly a creed? Are they and a religion? The Jawas. I, but, but I'm just honestly, kidding. <laughs> well, look, all of it. You care about it because it's family. You care about it because it's well-written, well-told, and, and on display to just enjoy and feast upon. So Book of Boba Fett was a nice dish in this feast that we're getting, and it's nonstop. It's a smorgasbord. We're on the cruise ship. We're going back again and again to the, uh, to the delicious buffet. Every day we can have... Uh, you know, ice cream at midnight like you can on a cruise ship, and we're getting fat on Star Wars. So if that's my problem right now, there's just too much Star Wars, and I'm just enjoying it so much. Fine, we'll be we'll be overly critical, no doubt. But I, I, I'm enjoying it. But so we also love it. Book Let's make Boba sure Fett, that you I mean, understand. If it's on a four-star scale, I'll give Book of Boba Fett a three out of four. Mandalorian gets four out of four, right? If you're talking about Star yep. Wars TV, I think that's fair. I think that's great. Okay. Dan, thanks for joining us. Dan Spindle, KSL Television in Salt Lake City. May the force be with you, Andy. Oh, thanks. (laughs) May the force be with you, too. Dan, appreciate you. I love it when we talk Star Wars. We've got other stuff that we'll have you come back for. Of course, with four more Star Wars series this year, we're going to hear from you a lot, even if it's just about the Star Wars. I'll be back. Oh, well, that's another pop culture. (laughs) All right, that's it for this half of the episode of The Book of Boba Fett. We're going to do something a little bit different this time. We're breaking it into two parts. Dan and I have talked about Book of Boba Fett now, and in the second half of this podcast, our co-host Kelly Ann will be joining us, or will be joining you, with her eight-year-old niece to give their perspective and dig a little bit into Star Wars from the young fans' perspective and how they see Book of Boba Fett, because I guarantee you they're going to have a little bit of a different look than Dan and I did. I'm Andy Farnsworth. Stick around. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Welcome back to our second part of the Fan Effect Podcast deep dive into all things Star Wars. Well, a look at all things Star Wars after Boba Fett Season 1. <laughs> I'm your host, Kellyanne Halverson, and you just heard from my co-host, Andy Farnsworth, and our good friend, Dan Spindle, at KSL TV. And now I'm excited, or more like ecstatic, because I'm going to share with you one of my favorite fangirls in all the universe, Star Wars or not. And it's my... Eight-year-old, well, nine. 
in a couple days. Nine-year-old niece, and we're going to protect her a bit and just call her Halvo niece today. Is that okay, honey? Yes. Yes. And uh, she is a newer Star Wars fan, but an avid Star Wars fan. I say, like, I'm, I love Star Wars the most out of anybody in the world. Because... <laughs> She does, and she's div- dived right into it. I think what's really cool is Andy, at the beginning of his part, he said that with all these new Star Wars stories coming out to, like, Disney Plus and new movies and new cartoons and books and the parks and everything, this really is a new golden age for Star Wars. And that's really what it's become in, in our house, right? Like, you are yeah. just, just coming to age in this beautiful world of Star Wars. Yes. Um, I love Star Wars so <laughs> much. Now, a couple of years ago, you didn't know too much about Star Wars. You'd maybe seen things here and there, maybe come to the movies with us for some of the, the sequel trilogy. Yeah. But what was it that really got you into Star Wars in the first place? Well, it was The Mandalorian. I was with I was having a sleepover with Kelly, and mm-hmm. everybody's been, like, talking about The Mandalorian. So I was like, I want to watch The Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. So she's like, season one or season two? And I was like, season two. She's like, I know exactly which one you want. <laughs> it was the episode with Ahsoka. I love Ahsoka. She's my favorite character from mm-hmm. Star Wars. Mm-hmm. So it was the characters that pulled you, and it was characters like Ahsoka. Yes. Um, once we finished Mandalorian, we started doing Kelly's, like, we have to do Clone Wars now. Because we have Ahsoka in those series, huh? Yes. So we watched the first episode, then we fell asleep, <laughs> and it did not have Ahsoka, sadly. But then I went home, and I watched, like, all the episodes, not in a couple of days. Mm-hmm. Uh, or weeks, months, I don't know. It, it, you went through it pretty quick. I just remember you went from, well, yeah, maybe Star Wars is cool to, like, loving it. It was your birthday party last year. Uh, yeah, it was a Star Wars birthday. Mm-hmm. And I got her the most adorable Jedi dress that I wish they had in my size. <laughs> <laughs> and you wear that all the time, huh? Yes. Um, and I have a couple costumes. I have a Soka costume mm-hmm. from The Mandalorian. And, um, now, that's like a full on, not like a little Halloween one. You got yes. that for Christmas from your dad this year, right? Yeah, and it's like so, it's probably so expensive. <laughs> it's like movie realistic, and she has, I think I shared it on our Facebook, so our, our, our listeners will know about it. And she has like the, the Laku tails and everything like that, and all the little details in the costume. Yes. It's adorable. Although mm-hmm. I tried to give, convince her to get the younger look of Ahsoka so she can be more of the Padawan size. Yes, I I mean, I don't want to be, like, the young, young Ahsoka, but, like, the middle Ahsoka. Yeah, like, more the 14-year-old, 16-year-old one. Yeah. Yeah. What's also really cool about Halvo Niece here is she also does America Ninja Warrior type stuff. And so I can just see her as totally doing, like, stunt work and stuff as a Jedi. Yes, I love stunts and stuff like that. And it's crazy because I have seen videos of her, like, climbing up to the top of a rope and it is, like... A five-story building length thing. It is nuts. Yeah. <laughs> she is brave. I am. And it, but Ahsoka's brave. I think that's one reason you like her so much, right? Yes. Uh, she's like me. I want to be her. I pretend like I'm her. Mm-hmm. Well, and you've read, like, the books and stuff. You, you've you watched the series. We yeah. follow uh, Ashley Eckstein on, yeah. on Instagram and stuff. Uh, I love Ex- uh, Ashley Eckstein. Mm-hmm. And we were going to meet her at Comic-Con last year, but you had the flu. Yes, sad flu. So it's, we'll try again. Yeah, it's just flat. <laughs> All right, so what made you fall in love with the Star Wars really is the characters. Um, I don't know. Maybe just seeing how, like, warrior some of the characters were. Mm-hmm. 
Do you think it's important to have warrior and strong characters that are willing to fight? Yes. Yeah. But they're not mean, right? No, no, no. No, no. <laughs> it's a, there's appropriate times to fight. Yes. <laughs> Definitely. So are your friends also into Star Wars? My friend, she uh, actually, like her parents have watched Star Wars and stuff like that, her grandparents. Uh, then when I started watching it, I showed her into it. We would, we would play games about it, and we would also watch it. Mm-hmm. And then she finished The Mandalorian a couple of um, weeks ago, months ago. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But she's gotten into it. So family couldn't get into it, but peer pressure got her into it. Mm-hmm. And it's fun, too, because our whole family has actually gotten into it, really because of you, niece. Your dad got into it. Your brother got into it. And what was really fun is the Boba Fett series, which just finished up. We would go over every Wednesday night, basically, and we would have dinner and we would watch Star Wars and talk Star Wars together. How cool was that? Yes, it was It was really fun. And well, once the new Ahsoka show is coming out in 2023, mm-hmm. we can uh, watch it. And I'm, uh, I just found out a couple of weeks ago that they're going to have Sabine and Ezra in it. And we're excited because we love Rebels yes. as well. I had a dream that I got, I um, was another season coming out on Rebels and I, everything was stopping me from watching it. But then I woke up and started crying because it was a dream. Because it wasn't real. Because you didn't have more Rebels. But we are yeah. going to get more Rebels. Yes. So Ahsoka, we saw her come out in The Mandalorian. She came back for an appearance in Boba Fett. Which did, did you like how she came in that? <laughs> yes. I liked that too. I loved it. And now we're going to have a whole series with her in 2023. Yeah. And we know Sabine is going to be in it. Yes. On their journey to find Ezra. Mm-hmm. And Ezra, and which has 100% become confirmed, but we kind of feel like that because of how Rebels ended, right? Yes. Yeah, because the bad guy in it is... Thrawn. Thrawn. And you'll get more of that if you haven't watched the cartoons. It's, it's going to come soon, so you'll be able to see that. Yes. <laughs> um, some people are like... I don't really like the cartoons. Mm-hmm. I oh, like I don't like the live action or I don't like the animated. Mm-hmm. But I I personally like both. You like both? I think what was really cool what Dan said previously how no matter what if it's Star Wars you're going to like it to a yeah. certain extent. Yes. Mm-hmm. And you can have favorites. Like my favorite I love Hera from Rebels. Yes. Oh my gosh, she is the best. I love so many different aspects of of the movies and such, but those strong female characters are what makes me excited. But no matter what you're going to like it. Yeah. Um my secret is mm-hmm. I have a crush on Anakin Skywalker. You do have a crush on Anakin Skywalker. Now, and you got to clarify, is that a crush on the character Anakin Skywalker or the actor slash animated version of how it, he looks? I like both. You like both? <laughs> like all of them. The, yeah. <laughs> you like a little bit of the, the good guy, bad guy struggle there? Yes. Yeah. And you were heartbroken when I had to tell you because you didn't understand that that Darth Vader was Anakin. <laughs> Spoiler yeah, alert. Because uh, I never later. watched that one. You still haven't watched it? Well, I, I didn't do it before, but then oh. I, I've watched all this thing. So it was Mandalorian that got you in. Mm-hmm. And then we went back and you started doing the Clone Wars on your own and Rebels mm-hmm. on your own. Mm-hmm. And then you liked that so much you started going through the movies, well, like, Well, I went through the movies in the middle of Clone Wars and also the middle of the Rebels. Mm-hmm. 
Well, you've, you've gotten ahead of me, too, because I haven't watched Bad Batch yet. Yes, I've seen Bad Batch, too. It's really good. It's really good? There was Does a, it hold up to Rebels and Clone Wars? Uh, Yes, yes. Okay. It holds up to Rebels. You see Rex in it. You see Rex in it? Okay. Which is one of our favorite characters. <laughs> yes, Rex. <laughs> so what do you think makes Star Wars fun for people my age, Grandpa's age, your age? Why do you think everyone likes it? I don't know. Maybe because it is, like, the best show in the world. <laughs> you know, we talk a lot as a family when we're watching shows when sad stuff happens. Yeah. Like, it's okay to have sad stuff happen. Like Kanan dying. Like Kanan dying. Oh. So sad. I think I've talked about this before on the show. If I really like a series, I don't finish it. <laughs> I'll stop, like, the last season so it never ends. My niece is trying to break me of that habit, huh? Mm-hmm. She made me watch the last few episodes of Rebels. Yes. Mm-hmm. But sometimes those deaths, they mean stuff for you. And even the actor who played, uh, who plays with a voice actor Freddy of Kanan. Yeah, Freddie Prince Jr. He said this needed to happen for the characters. Yes. I, I'm i surprised that I even know who that person is. <laughs> I mean, I like Freddie Prince Jr. That's what's cool. It's been really fun watching you do this because you're at the age now where you're learning so much about yourself. Mm-hmm. And how to be yourself, how to grow, things like that. And it's so cool to see you liking and becoming obsessed with the scene. You know things I don't know about the universe now. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I know, like, I've seen, like, lots of Easter eggs. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, there is this big Easter egg in Rebels from, uh, there's, like, this portal thing Mm -hmm. where it has somebody from Clone Wars on it, like a picture. It was, like, the guys that control the Force, I think. Yeah? Like, the the brother, sister, and father. What? It's, like... And it's not Luke, Anakin, and, and Leia? No, it is... Anakin has, and Ahsoka and Obi-Wan have mm-hmm. seen them, like, because they suck, like, they made them, yeah. That sounds like the Watchers so like from Marvel. dark light and then dark and light together. Mm-hmm. Like, the Father's, like, dark. <laughs> light and dark. It's kind of this ancient background theology lore. Yeah. yeah. That's one thing I thought was really cool is, when I was younger, I didn't really, wasn't really that into Star Wars, but, you know, I was born in 86, grew up in the 90s. Um, in the early 2000s, we really didn't have internet to look at it. You have a question about Star Wars. You want to learn about a species, an alien, um, whatever. You just go look it up. Yes, I do. I do. <laughs> also, I love, like, I made my own character. Even. That's right. Should we talk about little characters a bit? Yes. Okay, so what's your character? Her name is Denita. Mm-hmm. Denita's a Targurta, and her master is, uh, Bonnie is, uh, Twi'lek. Mm-hmm. Twi'lek. Um, but it's crazy that, like, two tells but different species have, mm-hmm. like, the Lukus, the... Mm-hmm. But she has a Jedi robe and stuff mm-hmm. like that. She's Force-sensitive, and what's fun is, so I am... The master. I am I am her master. I am the, the Twi'lek Bonnie Min. More of a healer Jedi because uh, that's one of my passions. And it's fun, too, because my, your brother got involved, too, huh? Yes, he is. Let's talk about that. You want to talk about that? Yeah. Okay. So my brother, he can get on, too, kind of. <laughs> um, but he is, uh, he made a character named Conry, but he is a Mandalorian Jedi. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know much about him. And since he, like, Calvo Neath is my official Padawan, 
basically. Yeah. And he just kind of latches on to us. But it's like in a good way. He's he's kind of related to you, right? You're basically like cousins, even though you're different species. Yes, we are friends. Mm -hmm. He designed his costume. It's like this purpley gray cool stuff. And he wanted an emblem being a moon on it. And it went out really cool because the more we discovered Mandalorian lore, we're able to understand about their moon and their their stuff. So it worked out really well. So... I'm very excited. I don't know what to say more about my brother, but I know what to say about Ahsoka. Okay. See, <laughs> if you don't know Ahsoka that much because you like only like the the like live action, mm-hmm. then Ahsoka's like. Although a- her voice is in Rise of Skywalker. Oh yes. Mm-hmm. So Ahsoka's like. A teenage girl that is, her Padawan is Anakin. Her master is Her master. Mm-hmm. She's the Padawan of. So, yeah, sorry. I get mixed <laughs> up. Um, she's basically a girl. She left the Order, not to the dark side, just mm-hmm. because. Um, she didn't she, like the politics of it all, huh? Yeah, yeah. And so she left and then defeated them all. Lived on her own. Mm-hmm. She shows up in Rebels. Yes. Mm-hmm. She's in charge of these rebel people. Her name is Fulcrum. <laughs> She's like the, the lead of these people, uh, of the the rebels that are trying to undermine the, the empire and stuff. Yeah, and... I'm just so excited. You're so excited. And that's what's fun is, and then she comes back in The Mandalorian, and Rosario Dawson plays her this time. Yeah. Because uh, uh, Ashley seems more of a, a voice actress right now. Yeah. Do you think Rosario does a good job at her? Yes. I love that she plays it. Mm-hmm. She has, like, this maturity and royalness about her. Yes, I know. It's like... It just is super cool. Well, it's good enough to draw you into the series in the first place. Yeah. <laughs> and then also that he, she showed up in the book of Boba Fett. It was just crazy. Book of Boba Fett. I know I'm not really into the book of Boba Fett right mm-hmm. now. I mean, That's kind of why we're here talking about it, but it wasn't as much of an impact as uh, Mandalorian. Yeah, right? Mandalorian. Or Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. Yes, but when Dave Filoni released... 10 new shows because of The Mandalorian. It was such a big hit. Mm-hmm. There's two of them has came out, like Bad Batch and Book of Boba Fett. But they're going to do Obi-Wan and the Soka show. And then Obi-Wan's coming first. That's in May, right? Yes, May. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for that, too. Did Bad Batch season end, or is that still going? Oh, it, it ended a long time ago. Okay. And for a long time ago, it's like a couple months ago, right? Yeah. Yeah. We are here because the Book of Boba Fett just ended, sadly. Yeah. But it was fun because it kind of morphed into The Mandalorian. Yes, it also it also like showed you flashbacks and what you, like happened because you you're like what happened to Boba Fett in the start? Right? How did he come out? Yeah. And the thing is, is, is um, was it Patton Oswald from Parks and Rec? Actually, his character had said exactly what was going to happen with Boba Fett. Yeah. <laughs> Waking up, his hand coming up to the desert by the Sarlacc pit <laughs> and coming out. But it was a different surprise because he got rescued by the, the Tuscan Raiders, right? The Sand People. Yes. Did you like that part? Some people said it was a little boring. Uh, I mean, I would say that's kind of boring, but those are like his family. They become his family. And for someone who struggled so much with his family, with his father dying. Yeah. And being a clone and kind of lost in this big, huge system. I think yeah. that was important for him. Yeah. And he, he gets his family back, technically. Mm-hmm. Then they get killed. There was <laughs> there was a theory that Omega 
from Bad Batch. Mm-hmm. She was going to now. She's be a clone the- as well, but her yeah. variation is she's a female. Yeah, she's a little female. Okay, little baby. Mm-hmm. Aww, <laughs> not a baby, but yeah. Uh, she she's probably my age, but. Omega, there's a theory that she would be all grown up and she would be in there. There's also a theory that Han Solo is going to be in there, but I would sad because I want to make it to come back. Mm-hmm. But we got Cad Bane, and mm-hmm. which was so cool. Were you so excited when you saw him? Because we know him from Rebels well, and Clone Wars. Right? I mean, I was like, oh no, he's back because I thought he was gone. <laughs> well, I, kind of. He, he might be gone again. He was in a bad bath. He was in the Bad Batch. Rebels. And Rebels. Okay. So you know more about this stuff than me. Uh, <laughs> so we like Cad Bane in it. We like that Ahsoka came back. Uh, uh, we like some of the emotional stuff with the Tusken Raiders and, mm-hmm. and Boba Fett. What are the things that we like from the Boba Fett series? Uh, we like that it turned into the Mandalorian for yeah. like the last couple episodes. Yeah, I like that. Also, Fennec, yes, she was super... So cool. I loved she tweeted at one point during the the run of the series because she is also the voice of Mulan. So there was now what? two characters for her to choose on her Disney Plus profile, Mulan or Fennec Wing. And she's like, which one do I choose? Um, wow. That, I did not know that. You didn't know that she's the voice actress for Mulan. For the uh, first one. I would one. do Fennec. You would do Fennec? Well, of course you would. Uh, yeah, but, but I don't know. <laughs> because she, because she's like look, she could have her own self on it. Then yeah, Milan is not really, not really. That's true. Yeah, but she was great, and she was the right hand man to uh, Boba Fett, and he was taking over the Hut's kingdom, so to speak, Jabba the Hut, and he had to keep it from the Hut twins and stuff, and all yeah. the the things there. Did you like the different characters and aliens we saw as as they were fighting for power and to protect their world from the spice and things like that? I don't know. Yeah, I kinda. I mean, it, there were it was crazy, mm-hmm. crazy. You liked the fighting, particularly when the the dark saber came out. Yes, that was super cool. With the, the like pit bull um, butcher's office, that was cool. That was your dad's yeah. favorite part too. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, I knew it was him. I knew it was him. They're like the. I don't know. It looks like parchment paper, but it was like the little protective s- strips that came down in the door frame. Yeah, yeah. To, to block the cold from going out. Mm-hmm. Yes, but um, it w- I knew it was Mando. Mm-hmm. I was like, wait, that's Mando. And then my, <laughs> he comes in. He's like, my brother and my dad and me are screaming. <laughs> I was like, I knew it was Mando. You guys are so excited. Then he hurts himself. I like the little bit of the reality there. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so we talked about stuff we liked. Was there stuff you you didn't really like about it? Uh, I didn't really like that we had to wait to see Grogu. Yeah, it took a long time to get there, and it was a little slower as it got there. Yes, but also I didn't really like it was too much flashbacks. I feel like I mean yeah. my brother was like, no more flashbacks, no more flashbacks. <laughs> you didn't want to see what had happened in the past. You wanted to, to move forward in the present. Uh huh. That makes sense. That makes sense. But my brother loves Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. Also, he loves um, the Marshal. And when he came back, <laughs> my brother was like, um, 
<laughs> if he if, was excited, if man. he dies, if he dies, I'm not watching Star Wars. Or if Boba Fett dies, I'm not gonna watch Star Wars ever again. I was like, uh. <laughs> and you're sitting there knowing a little bit more of the mythology, knowing yeah. people die a lot in Star yes, Wars. And I was like, then you're not gonna like this. But I know <laughs> when Cad Bane comes in, I was like, I was like, who is that? Who is that? And I'm like, oh wait. It's that the way guy. he brought him in too, right? Yes, how, he, yes. how he's so distant, he comes closer, and you see the silhouette, and you hear the voice, and it uh, like clicks, and you're like, mm-hmm. "Oh, I know him." Yes, mm-hmm. yes. And then also, um, when the marshal gets shot in the shoulder, mm-hmm. um, my brother was like, "Oh no, wait, he probably just got shot in the shoulder." Mm-hmm. My dad's like, "Yeah, he just got shot in the sho- shoulder." Was it shoulder was it shoulder? <laughs> yes. We don't know, but we did. Cool. If you watch all the way to the end of. Of the season, you see, yes. Um, it's a secret thing. There's secret hidden things. If you didn't Mm -hmm. watch the Mandalorian, there is a secret hidden thing for the Boba Fett. What was that? It was when he kills the Twi'lek guy and then sits down on the throne. Oh, oh, okay. You're talking about those end scenes, yeah. Yeah, the end scenes. Mm -hmm. And then there's an end scene about. I thought it was going to be about the Soka show, but it was about the Marshall guy. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but that means he's gonna be a role. Um, uh, cyborg? Be back. cyborg. Oh yeah, mod. They call him yeah. a mod. I know. I was thinking cyborg too because I'm a DC Comics girl. So I'm like, hey, it's like cyborg. <laughs> yeah. Did you like those? I I kind of had a problem with them. They looked too punk, too modern, yeah. too shiny. It just yeah. it didn't feel like it was part of the Star Wars universe. Yeah. Also, also the girl with the wolf cut. Yeah, like the weird mullet wolf cut thing. Uh huh. Like, I, they played her up because they wanted her to be, like, really strong and whatnot. And, like, I don't know anyone that liked her. Uh, yeah. I mean, I liked her a little bit. Yeah? But she wasn't my favorite mm-hmm. all that much. Do you think that that part was needed? Like, I almost feel like you didn't even need that. Like, they could have yeah. used other muscle to help them. Was it Chrysanthemum? Yeah, Chrysanthemum. The, the big black Wookiee that everyone just cheered because apparently he's in the comics. Yes. Like, he was cool. I liked having him. Uh-huh. I haven't read too much of the comments. I read a little bit of um, Kanan's comic. Mm-hmm. Like, I've read some comics of mm-hmm. it. Like, not too much. Mm-hmm. There's so much of the world to explore, it's overwhelming at times, huh? Yeah. But you just got to keep going. Yeah. I mean, I feel like the the comics are needed. Mm-hmm. Because, like, with Kanan, you need to know how he was, like... How he survived Order 66. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I well that was because of the Bad Batch. But, like, technically, how... Well, yeah, how he survived, mm-hmm. like, without getting shot. Well, then, um, so we had... We had him from the comics. We also got the Gamorrean guards. Gamorrean, is that how you say it? Or yeah. Gamora is a different one. Gamorrean. It's Gamorrean? Okay. We have the guards that are back, the, like, pig guard people. Yeah. Which I was so sad when, when, when they fell off the cliff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we had those as, as their muscle and everything like that. He wanted to make the people happier. Um, Boba Fett did. Do you like that they took a guy who was essentially a bad guy and tried to turn him in? Well, and turned him into a good guy? Well... Uh, yeah, that was that was cool. Mm-hmm. I feel like Kanan mm-hmm. and Hera they had a relationship. This is like a whole new thing, but right. like uh, Kanan and Hera, they had a relationship that like Jedi, what they were in love. And usually, when you're in love, you uh, f- t- 
turned to the dark side, but Canaan didn't have any problems. Right? Like, yeah. Well, and that's one thing we've we've talked about as we've been watching the series is part of the reason the Jedi Order failed was they were so rigorous to the traditions. Yeah. And thought any emotional attachments would eventually lead to corruption and a turning to the dark side. And that's kind of what happened with Anakin, right? Which yeah. Which still heartbroken about. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but like you didn't need to have that happen and yeah. a great example of that is in Rebels yeah. with Kanan and Hera yeah Kanan and Hera are my like favorite Star Wars couple they're like my OTP my one true pair like they're like I love them so much. Yes, they're they're perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like I, one thing that we talked about this a lot actually, how wonderful Rebels was because it was like this big dysfunctional family that loved each other so much that they just functioned with each other. Yeah, and they helped each other grow, and they fought against the dark side. Yeah, and they went on all these cool missions. You have everything from the the crazy uncle. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> what's his name again? Um, Zeb. Zeb, yeah, Zebulon. You have Zebra, Topper, Zebra, who's like the weird, Zebra, uh, yeah. Yeah, Topper, the pet. The pet. Yeah, you know, all these different things. And I think that really showcased how much a, a series, a Star Wars series, could excel. Yeah. Which led to things like The Mandalorian, led to this and everything, yeah. and all we're going for, forward with. Um, and I hope it, you know, because there is Jedis out there. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. still like more Jedis like Obi-Wan. What did you know about Boba Fett before the series? Um... Well, I did. I haven't known much about Boba Fett. I just know because I'd never seen the comics about Boba Fett. I just mm. people have like talked about Boba Fett, and also and, like, he was almost a, a just a side, almost background character in the movies, and then all of a sudden he has his own series. Yeah, and did you know his real name is not Boba Fett? What is it? It's Alpha. <gasps> oh, you see that in the bad. He's the first, so it's uh, Jango Fett. And Boba Fett, yeah, which but is really Alpha because he's the first clone. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. And then Omega, that's in the new series. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So what was your overall feeling about Boba Fett? Do you think it was worthwhile? Yeah. Do you want more? Yes. <laughs> Me too. I like that they brought Baby Yoda in. Okay. <laughs> oh, I get correct her. <laughs> Every time. I loved when when the mechanic, when Grogu comes back and she's all excited and Grogu yeah. tells her, her, her his name, like, she oh. goes, that's a terrible name. I'm not going to call you. That's like me. Grogu? Whoa, that's a terrible name. Sorry about that, pal. No way am I calling you that. <laughs> Oh, he's always going to be Baby Yoda. No. No, Baby Yoda. <laughs> we will always fight over that. I hate when people call him Baby Yoda because it's not the real name. It's okay. You're a little more rigid when it comes to that. Yes. I yes. am very mad. My brother calls him Baby Yoda. I'm like, <laughs> no. No, Baby Yoda. It's Grogu. No, Baby Yoda. Baby Yoda is not a thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually really glad that he chose the Mandalorian. Yes. Like, it was cool to see when he was Luke, oh, which the graphics were so cool. Luke gave him the choice between the Beskar armor and Yoda's lightsaber. I, I mean, cool. I feel like uh, Luke was sad, but mm-hmm. I think, like, before he chose, Grogu chose, he had a vision about, like, Kylo Ren. Really? And- you think it was that deep? Yes, and so he's like, um, Grogu, I'm fine with you choosing um, the the Mandalorian. Yeah, because he could have been killed along with yeah, the rest of them. Yep, and so he's like, um, I'm fine with if you do that because if you want to be with him, you can. Whatever you, you can choose your fate, mm-hmm. and then he tells 
to go with the Mandalorian. And it was crazy that he was driving all by himself. <laughs> well, the astromech had him, but that's okay. Well, R2-D2. <laughs> R2. But still, Grogu was technically driving. Yes, and that was adorable. That's so cute. Um, I love that, too. I, I don't think Luke was ready to really have a Padawan yet yeah. at that point. He, he was still pretty new to the Force anyway. And, you know, maybe things would have been different if Grogu would have stuck around. Yeah. Um, how do you like the interaction between Luke and Ahsoka? Um, that was cool because mm-hmm. it's like like Luke needed Ahsoka to help, but Ahsoka's like, I, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but also... It's but they still the, knew of each other. Yeah, and I think that Luke knew that she was a Padawan of, an, an apprentice mm-hmm. of Anakin. Because mm-hmm. don't they mention her Anakin in it? Um, I have to rewatch it. I, no. Well, she mentions it in Mandalorian, but not like with Luke. Oh, okay. I thought she mentioned it with Luke and, and Boba. Maybe. I, I think that goes back to what we were talking about, Rebels, how great it is because it showcased how, how that family love can still work within the Force. Yeah. Because that's exactly what Grogu chose. Yeah. He yeah. chose love over the Jedis and even the Mandalorian, <laughs> the idea of a foundling. And they all are together as a clan, as as a familiar relationship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Would you choose me? <laughs> yes. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> that would be sad if I didn't. <laughs> all right, so overall, we really liked Boba Fett. You know, it wasn't the strongest of all the series, but mm-hmm. the characters made it worthwhile. Uh, the different sets and, and the cinematography was good. There was a few times the special effects weren't that great. Like, yeah. when they're on the motorbikes. <laughs> didn't <laughs> yeah. like that. Yeah. There was times that didn't work out. I, I'm kind of interested to see what happens to Boba. Uh huh. Like, like they can't just leave it peaceful Tatooine. Like mm-hmm. that's boring. That yeah, that's boring. <laughs> yeah. And like with the spice traders and things like that, I'm sure it's not going to be peaceful for too long. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, where do you want to see Star Wars go next? Like they've announced all these things, but if you had to pick a, a point in time uh, along the Star Wars timeline or make up your own head canon, mm-hmm. what series do you want? I want Ahsoka to come, like... You just want Ahsoka. I just want Ahsoka to come after the Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Mandalorian or something like that. It was either, like, before Bo- I mean, Bad Batch or Mandalorian. You just want it to go? Yeah, I just, just want, want more Ahsoka? Go. Yes, I want more Ahsoka. <laughs> but they, I heard they're filming it right now, the Ahsoka show. Yeah? So. We'll have to check out where they're filming. All right, um, anything else to say about Star Wars before we close up today? That you should watch it. It is very recommended. <laughs> very. Very recommended. And don't be afraid about it. I used to be afraid to talk Star Wars because the fans were so rabid about it. Yeah. And then I started getting comfortable talking to Andy about it and talking on the podcast about it. And then I pulled you into it, and now it's all we talk about. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I want to do this again very much. Maybe we can do this about the Soka show. We can, we can try, okay? We'll okay. have to get Andy, Dan, and you in the same room, and I'll just record <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening to this episode of Fan Effect, a KSL News Radio podcast. Beyond sci fi, fantasy, gaming, and tech, we are excited to share with you our knowledge and often arguments <laughs> on everything pop culture and fandom. Based in the beautiful Beehive State, Fan Effect celebrates Utah's unique fan culture, and we are excited to bring you local guests like my adorable niece here uh, that feel the same way. I am your host, Kellyanne Halverson, uh, and my co host, uh, Andy Farnsworth was before. Listen regularly on your favorite platform at kslnewsradio.com or the KSL News Radio app. Uh, do you have any local fan ideas or local fan culture topics you'd like? 
like to explore, let us know by messaging our Facebook page at Fan Effect Show, and that's Effect with an E, uh, where you can get all the latest nerdly updates and join the conversation. Follow us on Instagram at Fan Effect Show and Twitter at Fan Effect Show. Thanks again for listening, and we hope to have you real soon for another episode of Fan, Fan Effect. Effect. Bye. Bye. <laughs> oh, so glad you're here. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.